Oh, how I love you, Jesus. Come on, magnify him. Oh, how I give you praise, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, how I need you, Lord. Lord, you've been so good to me. Come on, has he been good to you? Lord, you've been so good to me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Bible tells us, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. Magnify means to make larger. That's why when Solomon built the temple, everything was bigger than the temple of the wilderness because he had heard his dad saying, oh, magnify the Lord with me. He wanted to make the house of God and God bigger than any problem that you have. Come on. When we magnify the Lord together and we begin to exalt his name, there's no sickness that can stand before it. Come on, there's no demons that can stand before it. Come on, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. I come to exalt your name in this place, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Quite an honor to be here. I begged him. I got canceled and I said, please, I'll pay you. If you'll just let me come preach. And I, I wanted the evangelists in this new building, I wanted to set the bar high, not to preach in the looks. Because it's going to be hard to find an evangelist that's good looking. I'm just going to tell you all. And Matt Oates is my oldest friend. They, see, they heaved a sigh of relief when we left Camper Age. And it's so good to see Matt, and I love him. He's like a brother to me. And I'm glad to have my family with me today. I don't very often get to be in church with them. And I have my wife and granddaughter, Madison, and my grandson, Jonathan. Stand up, Bob. He'll be 12 Tuesday, so anybody feel free to whoop him. Give him a birthday whooping. Because I'm sure he, he needs it somewhere. The apple don't fall far from the tree, so. But it's what an honor it is to be here and be in the presence of God. And there's such, this is like being home because I have so many friends in this building and so many people that I love dearly in this building. So if you have your Bibles, I'll try not to hold you a long time. I don't want all our sugars to drop, especially mine. What a ministry staff y'all have. Luke 1, verse 26. 
And in the sixth month, before I start, let me, you see, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created angels. Y'all believe that? He had three archangels, Michael, who you don't want to mess with Michael. He's worse than bad Leroy Brown. And he is a warrior angel. Then you have Gabriel. He's an archangel. He's a messenger angel. Then there was Lucifer. He was an angel of light and of all things musical. The reason why the Lord begins to move when we start singing up here is because he took the singers from heaven and the angels begin to look in and the Spirit of God begins to move in this place. Now, I'm just going to tell you that I'm thankful for everything that God has in store for us and I'm not one of these spooky guys that go and say, well, I'm going to pray to the angels. I don't do that. But I know that he has got them there around me because I've been overseas before and I've felt them there with me. Come on, I've been in the pulpit many a times and I've felt them there with me. I feel them with me right now. So this, this is a little groundwork for what I want to preach. And I hope I'm right about this. I know Brother Odell will let me know if I'm not. And then the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now I want us to turn quickly to Psalms 8 and 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory 
and honor. And I want to preach about holding back the angels. And I want you to lift your hands with me one more time. Come on, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on out of my mouth right now. I speak it, Lord. You gave us the power to loose, and I loose the gifts of the Spirit to operate in this service right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you said we could lose things, and I lose healing in Jesus' name. Come on, I lose it in the name of Jesus. You said we could bind things, God, and I bind any spirit that's not of you right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority and total dominion of any unclean spirit that has tried to come into this place. It has to leave right now in Jesus' name. God, I'm asking you to begin to move upon us in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch my mind, touch my voice, touch my body. It's all about you in the name of Jesus. Let's give him one more hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Angels are found and represented almost 300 times in the Bible. They are depicted as protectors, worshipers, warriors, and messengers all throughout the Bible. You see, God has created these heavenly beings to do his bid and service. Now, I've heard many stories from my father and I've heard stories from other men of God and elders and friends of how they have saw or have interacted with the angels of God. I do know that there was a war in heaven and a third of the angels sided with the angel of light, Lucifer, who is the master of all things musical, and they fell with him. But today, I want to start focusing on a different aspect of this story. Today, I want to talk to you about a baby born in Bethlehem of Judea. This was no ordinary baby, but this was the one that had been prophesied about for thousands of years. This baby was the Messiah. This baby, the Bible said, was God manifested in the flesh and seen by who? By the angels. God stepped one foot out of heaven and the other foot on earth and he put on flesh, and he became a man. This God, who created all the angels, the good and the bad, now became flesh and was made lower than the angels so he could come to this earth and die for us. Hebrews 2, 5, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor and didst set him over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus. Come on, somebody. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor 
that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Come on, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad that I know who Jesus is. I know that he isn't some second person in a trinity. Come on, I know that he is God and God alone. I come to tell you that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Come on, Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And I come to let you know today that that Jesus reached down into a drug rehab, March of 2004, to a man named Nick Mahaney, facing 40 to life in prison. And he reached down and he forgave me of my sins. And he let me know that he died for me. In our text, the angel Gabriel, whose name in Hebrew means God is my strength. At least that's what Brother Google said. Every one of y'all do it. A brother can't preach nothing no more because Sister Siri and Brother Google. Well, Google said I can't imagine if I'd have told my dad, I'm going to go Google something. My dad would have whooped me. We don't Google around here, ignorant. He was an archangel created by God. Great power and strength. He goes to a young virgin girl named Mary. This was to be the start of the ministry of the Messiah born in Bethlehem. The Holy Ghost overshadows Mary and she becomes with child. Now she's engaged to a man named Joseph and the shame and humiliation that she's going to have to endure if her future husband doesn't condone and accept what is happening to her sends a fear upon her. So Gabriel appears to Joseph in a dream in Matthew 1.18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 24 says, Joseph did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. Come on, sometimes you just got to do what God wants you to do. It's not always easy. But if God says it and you do it, guess what? Fire follows sacrifice. You want the Holy Ghost in fire? Just open up your ears to the sacrifice that God wants you to do. So the ministry of Jesus was woven and followed by the angels of God. Starting with his mother Mary and followed by Joseph as they take this long and hard journey through the desert and mountains from Galilee to Bethlehem. Finding no room in the inn. I've heard it said, well, that dirty, rotten scoundrel innkeeper, it never said that. 
Brother Google never says that. He just says he didn't have room for Jesus. Come on, you can be the best person out there, but you got to have room for Jesus. I don't care what, what kind of life you live or, or what kind of walk you live in, you better have room to have Jesus inside of you. So he gives him a stable or really a cave carved out in the rock to provide a little shelter for the sheep and the animals of the, she uh, the shepherds, giving birth to the Son of God in a dark, smelly cave, wrapping him in rags and laying him in a carved-out trench in the floor, made to feed and water the sheep. Here was God in the flesh. Then he was announced to shepherds in Luke 2, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, good peace, goodwill towards men. Then in Matthew 2, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and tells him to leave because Herod is going to try to kill him. And they flee to Egypt. When Herod dies, it's an angel that tells Joseph it's time to return back to Israel and go to Nazareth just as the prophets had prophesied with the angels of the Lord protecting him as he grew up. Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. Just going to let you all know right now. How many angels does it take for you know? Now, I know them folks back there were slow learners. Because if I had one plague, I'm like, y'all get by. Or if I seen one piece of water stacking up, I'm not chasing nobody. I mean, how many angels does a brother and sister have to have come see them before they know? So remember that when you're singing that this year. Mary, did you know? Yes, I know. Sorry if I run to Christmas song. I love Christmas. I'm a size small if anybody's. I take all the buffet coupons and gift cards. Psalms 91 and 11. Sorry, that wasn't in my notes. The ADD kicks in sometimes. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. So Jesus goes to the wilderness. He's 30 years old where he is fasting for 40 days. He's being tempted and tried by Satan. Now just let me fill you in on something. If Jesus is being tempted by Satan... If Jesus is being tried by Satan, where does that put a little fat preacher like Nick Mahaney? Come on, you better be prayed up. 
We have tried to dumb down spiritual warfare in these last days. We're afraid to preach against the devil. We're afraid to preach against sin. But I come to tell you, I come against every devil that's trying to stop the church of God. I'm not afraid of every demon, every imp, every anything that hell can throw at me because I've been bought with the price. Come on, I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. I got the name of Jesus written all over me. He should fear us. Come on, don't be afraid of the devil. Take dominion over the devil. Finally, he tells the devil, this is what some of us need to do. Get thee behind me, Satan. Weaken from the battle and fasting. It's angels that minister to him and care for him. Matthew 4.10, then saith Jesus unto them, him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. And Jesus begins his ministry, turning the water into wine. He begins to teach and preach over and over again, referencing the angels of the Lord. He calls them reapers. Don't want to meet that one. Protectors, messengers. It even talks about the angels coming back with him in the clouds where the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Come on, and we that remain, we're going to be caught up to meet him in the clouds. Come on, we should comfort one another with these words is what the word tells us. Come on, we should comfort one another and say, you know what, one of these days he's coming back. Come on, I can't wait till the day he comes back. Come on, I can't wait to see my Jesus. Then we read just before his crucifixion. He's in the garden praying. They had just had the last supper and he's washed their feet and he tells them to sit while he goes and prays. And he takes Peter, James, and John and asks them to watch and pray. On his face he begins to travail, saying, Father, Luke twenty-two forty-two, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Sweat like great drops of blood is falling as he's agonizing over this cup. This is just what I believe. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think he was afraid of the torture. I don't think he was afraid of being beaten. I don't think he was afraid of the cross. I think he didn't want to taste the awful sins of Nick Mahaney that was in that cup. Come on, he didn't want to taste the sins of a junkie and an alcoholic. Come on, he was a sinless man, but and he was going to have to take things on his body and inside of him that he had never tasted before. But he said, nevertheless, not my will. I'm so glad that he drank the cup. I'm so glad that he took up the cup. And in his agony, once again, the angels are with him. Luke 22 and 43, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. He gets up from this place of agony, and all of a sudden a great multitude is being led through the garden by Judas. 
with swords and staves, and Judas kisses the cheek of Jesus in betrayal. And they go to arrest him, and Peter pulls his sword out and cuts off the ear of a servant of the high priest. Here's what Jesus tells him in Matthew 26 and 52. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scripture be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold of me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Now left totally alone, he faces his destiny. He faces the reason he has come to this earth all alone. He faces it with no followers, with no disciples, and no angels. He knew it would be impossible for the angels to see him beaten and killed without intervening. If you'll read your Bible, just one unnamed angel in the Bible killed almost 200,000 in one night. Can you imagine what 12 legions of angels would have done to the earth? Tried before his peers and found guilty. And it's their custom that one by one, the 70 men on this court would line up and spit in his face and slap him as hard as they could. He stands there alone as they spit on him and the heavy-headed men slap him. All alone, everyone's gone. Even the angels are being held back to prison where he endures horrible things by the hands of his accusers. And the next morning, he's led before the governor, Pontius Pilate. There, his life is traded for a murderer and an upriser named Barabbas. Now he's led to a courtyard behind Pilate's hall where he is stripped naked in front of the whole world, stripped naked in front of his family, stripped naked in front of his peers, tied to a whipping post where he's beat till he's almost dead. Trained squads of soldiers have been waiting on him to beat him and they begin to tear the flesh from his body. And as that whip begins to tear the flesh from his body, angels bowed their celestial heads. As each lash of the whip would rip pieces from him, the angels were in a frenzy. This is the one who they were charged to watch over. They see Dash's foot against a stone. And as Jesus held him back, I can hear the prophet Isaiah's voice echoing down through the eons of time. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Look, the cross was for my salvation. But he went a step further. He knew I needed not just a savior, but I needed a healer. And I come to tell you, I claim healing in my body in the name of Jesus. I claim healing in your body in the name of Jesus because the price has already been paid at the whipping post. Cut loose 
going into shock with a cross member tied to his shoulders, led to Golgotha. There they pierce his hands, screaming out in agony. And they pierce his feet with archangels begging to be turned loose as he's lifted up on an upright stake. Now he hangs there for six hours, the flies, the gnats, the sweat pouring into his eyes with legions of angels at attention, ready to be unleashed upon mankind. But that day, he held back the angels for Nick Mahaney. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He held them back, and he said, it's finished. And when he said, it's finished, we stepped into a new dispensation as the veil begins to tear. Laid in a borrowed tomb, hell began to have a party. We got him. We killed him. What they were about to find is he has just been unleashed, smashing through the gates of hell like a tank. Come on, he takes the keys of hell from the devil. He takes the keys of death from the devil. And I come to tell you that three days later, he arose again victorious. And guess who's back? Matthew 28 and 1, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning. His raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Come on. He is not here. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. I come to tell you this morning, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. And that same Jesus who rose from the grave 2,000 years ago is alive. We don't have to fear the grave. We don't have to fear death or hell because he is risen. And we are to praise him because he is alive forevermore. And here in just a moment, you're going to have a chance to come meet this Savior. For 21 years, I ran from God. At 17, I, I left Redfield Campground. Matter of fact, I was sitting beside him, drunk, and said I'll never be back again. For the next 20 years, my life was nothing but crime, addiction, hatred. I cursed God. I hated God. I didn't like anybody associated with the church. All I cared about was sticking another needle in my arm or putting another bottle of whiskey to my lips. But I met him. I met him, and my life has never been the same again. In a moment, he forgave me. He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost.
Come on, he forgave every sin that I ever committed. Every time I cursed him, he didn't even think about it anymore. Come on, because he applied that blood to me. And I come to tell you, he wants you to step out today. He wants to give you a new life. Come on, that's why you're at a place called new life, because we have a new life that Jesus wants to give you today. I did a men's conference this year. And I met a man there. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of condemnation in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I rebuke every spirit of doubt in the name of Jesus. I met this man we were sitting at the dinner table like all of us apostolics like to do. And he began to talk to me. Four years ago, he was a drug dealer in Phoenix with the Mexican cartel. His dad was a preacher, apostolic, Pentecostal, Jesus' name preacher. His mother he said, taught Sunday school from the time that he, his earliest memories. He said, I left the church thinking I could do better without all that. And he began dealing methamphetamines in Phoenix. He said, I was sitting on the couch watching television with my girlfriend. Said, somebody knocked on the door. He said, I opened up the door and there was a man there with a 38 and he just shot me. Point blank. Started emptying that pistol into me. One of the bullets went through him, hit his girlfriend, and killed her instantly. He said he hit me five times, and I fell down on the ground. He said I could see him, but I couldn't move my body. And I watched as he stood over me with the last shot and looked me in the face and shot me again. He said I could feel my life leaving my body. He showed me a picture He's dead in the hospital, but at the end of his bed is that Sunday school teacher, Mom. He said, I died and I lifted up above my body. He said, I'd heard stories like this before. And he said, I could see my mom praying and crying. He said, I just went up higher and I come to this big, bright, white light. And he goes, I told myself, there really is a white light. He said, a voice spoke out of that light. He said, this is not for you. You wouldn't live for me. He said, immediately I was sucked down a long tunnel. He said, and it was felt like I was just falling at the speed of light. I was just sucked down this tunnel. And he said, all of a sudden these demons started popping up laughing in my face. We got you. You're coming with us. He said, I had been a gang leader most of my adult life, and I was a tough man, he said, I began to hit them as hard as I could, and they would laugh in my face. His exact words was, I would kick and try to move backwards, and they would sink their hands into my flesh and pull my flesh apart. He said, I'm screaming, oh, God, no, no, no. And he said, all of a sudden, I can see these flames, and there was things waving in it like worms, and I looked, and it was people. Good. And he said, those people, 
in hell said, don't come here. Whatever you do, don't come here. He said, all I could think about was in Sunday school when they taught about where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. He said, as I was about to come out the end of this tunnel, all of a sudden I come to, and my mom was at the foot of that bed praying. He said, you tell people that it's real, that it's not made up, that they were going to go to a place called hell if they don't fall in love with Jesus Christ. Come on, I come to tell somebody in this place, Come on, you, you, you've run into the wrong preacher. I'm an evangelist. Come on, I, when I walk in here, I walk in here with one mission on my mind, and that's to pull one of y'all out from the fires of hell. Come on, I don't come here so you can like my sermon. I don't come here so you can say, oh, he did a good job. No, I come to pull you out from the gates of hell where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. And I come to tell somebody today, you're playing around with your salvation. The Holy Ghost has been talking to me. You're playing around with your salvation. Oh, I got time. No, you don't have time. Come on, you can, this could be your last service and you're going to be pulled into the hell where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Don't make it the mistake of thinking that I could come on Sunday Give in the offering and everything's going to be fine. I come here to fight for your soul today. Come on, I'm here to fight every devil for your soul. Your soul means more to me than my next breath. I want us all to stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. There's two strangers walking these aisles. One of them doesn't want to be a stranger to you anymore. He's knocking on your heart's door. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But I promise you, there's one waiting outside those doors right now. He's hoping that one more service, you choose not to come and repent. He's hoping that one more time, you sit through another message. Because he's waiting on you. The Bible says sin is waiting at Gehazi's door. Sin is waiting out that door right now. You have a choice in this place. Come on, somebody in this place, I feel it. You've been on the fence. I come to tell you, you must be born of the water, which is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and of the Spirit. The Lord spoke to me a few years ago. And said, look, I forgive them, and I fill them. I need my people to stress one thing. It's baptism. I'll do the rest. Who are you? Is this your last service? Oh, you're trying to scare me. I'm trying to do everything that I can to keep you from going to that place that that brother described to me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking. I wonder who would be bold enough to raise their hand and say I need to meet him today that I, I need to repent come on lift your hand to him if you feel it nobody's looking nobody's going to think nothing of you Lord you've been dealing with me come on he saved your life countless times and you need to realize it that he's had his hand on you this altar's open come on he'll step out Right now, say, I can't take it. I got to repent. 
I'm not leaving this place without the blood of Jesus. Come on. Come on, your destiny, your eternity is relying on these next few moments. Come on, come unto me, he says. You see, you know what we've lost in Pentecost? Brother Odell, back in the day, we didn't have to deal with the pride like we have to today. See, the problem is today, well, if I go down there and repent, everybody's going to be looking at me. You, can you imagine all the ones looking at you when it's your time to go to hell? Come on. We didn't have to worry because people would say, I'm coming to Jesus. I've done some things here lately that I shouldn't have done, and I'm going to repent. Come on, I'm pulling to you. Some of you look like you stepped out of the Pentecostal herald, but you need to repent. It's been weeks since you fell on your face and said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And that's the ones I'm pulling for right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't let your self-righteousness keep you from going to heaven. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm preaching to you. Come on, this altar's open. Come on. I shouldn't have to beg you. I shouldn't have to plead. This is your chance at eternal life. I shouldn't have to say, would you please come to the altar? You should be wanting to run to the altar. You should be wanting to lay your face on his feet. Come on, that's it. Come on. Come on, press up closer. Come on. God wants to bring this church to a place of repentance. That's it. Move on forward. Come on, move up right here. Come on up. Come on, we got a spot right here. Come unto me, all ye that are weary. All I want, man, is for him to tell me and you, well done, thou good and faithful servants. Come on, prayer warriors, it's not over. The Lord won't let me stop. My God, come on, my God, help me, Lord. Oh, God, help me, God. God, help me, God. Come on, somebody, somebody needs to stir inside of you. Come on, don't let me become complacent. God, I need you to touch me right now. All right, here's what I want to do. Was what I feel like the Lord's leading me. I want to tell you about repentance. Repentance is not just being sorry. That's part of it. Repentance is, I'm going to do a 180, and I'm not going back. Some of you have repented over and over again, but you keep going right back. I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. We looked the part. We know how to do the Pentecostal shuffle. But inside, we're hiding sins. We just come out of a pandemic where we were locked down, no church, 
you could buy all the cannabis and have abortions, go to all the liquor stores you wanted, but they didn't want us to go to church. And we got to watching things we shouldn't be watching. We opened up our mind to things that we shouldn't have opened up our minds to. And now the enemy has made, made us think, well, it's fine. I'm still feeling the presence of God. Everything's good. No, it's not. He's lulling you in to a sense of false security. Come on, I'm just telling you right now, the Lord is speaking through me. He's trying to pull you into that tunnel. He's trying to get you. He knows he's not going to get some of you to go back to the bars and the honky-tonks, the crack houses, and the, but he's coming at you a different angle now. And he's trying to get you cold in your soul where you're not, preach, you're not praying like you should. You're not even coming close to reading this anymore. Your, your idea of prayer is 10 minutes with your coffee in the morning. He sent me in this place to stir your very soul. And I'm calling you to repentance right now in the name of Jesus. You need to lift your hands and you need to begin to pour out everything in your heart right now. Come on. Come on, God, forgive me. Listen, I'm not, I'm not so proud. I, 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 I repent several times a day, Brother Jason. I can't make it unless I'm repenting. Come on, pour it out to him right now. Jesus, forgive me. Lord, I've been thinking things. I've watched things. I've listened to things. I got things in my heart that I shouldn't be carrying right now. Come on, New Life Church. Come on. Come on, that's it. Lift your voices. Come on, empty your vessel out. Cleanse it, God. Oh, I feel your anointing, God, right now so strong. Come on, I feel him so strong right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to repent. Come on. All right, I want to ask you a question. I told you, I'm, I'm an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not even close to ever being a pastor. I'm, I, I preach how God wants me to. I'm an evangelist. How many in here feel like God has forgiven you? Come on, if you don't, we need to keep repenting. Come on. So what happens is if you've never been baptized... Jesus' name, you kill, you still carry those sins around. He's forgiven you because he ha, he's bound by his word. But you, everywhere you go, you still have them. But once you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Paul said, I have been baptized into Christ when I put on Christ. The only way to be put, put on Christ is to be baptized into Christ. Those sins are washed away. You're not carrying them no more. Guess what? You have died 
at repentance. You've been buried in baptism. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus when you come up out of that water. I come to tell somebody in this place, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you must be baptized in Jesus' name. When you go and stand before Jesus, you're not going to be able to say, Nick Mahaney didn't tell me how to be saved. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. If you've never spoken in tongues in this place, we're going to raise our hands. And the power of God is going to sweep through this place. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, just lift your hands. Come on, if you know somebody that hasn't received the Holy Ghost, lay your hands on their head right now. Come on, by the authority of the Word of God. Come on, it's about to come through this place like a mighty rushing wind. We've repented. Come on, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus. Come on, receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, begin to lay hands on them. Receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, begin to speak in another language as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Come on, don't let up until they begin to speak in that heavenly language. Come on, new life. This is why this building was built. Don't let up. Come on, I didn't preach long. Come on, don't let up. Come on, this is the most important part right here. Come on, receive you the, the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Loose us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, receive it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. 
of Jesus. Come on, press through. Maybe it's been a long time since you, you pressed through and got what you need from God. It's here right now. I got one more thing. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says straightway they were baptized in Jesus' name. He commanded them to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be baptized right now. We've got robes. We've got water. You don't have anything to worry about, but you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. For your life to be changed, you have to have baptism. That old person has to be buried in the water. As they begin to sing, I don't care if you've known them for 20 years, whoever you're standing beside, I want you to turn around and say, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? If they say no, say, why not? Let me take you to where you can be baptized. As they begin to sing, if you've never been baptized, Find somebody. Tell them to take me to where I can be baptized in Jesus' name. 